0: This is a Career Channel program from UC San Diego Extension. Visit us at uctv.tv slash careers for videos, employment news, and trend articles to help recent college graduates and those in career transition bridge to better employment. Hi, my name is Jennifer Davies, uh, and I'm the Assistant Dean of External Affairs at UC San Diego, and this is another edition of Career Talk. It is my pleasure to be here with Phil Blair, the Executive Officer Of Manpower San Diego. Uh, Good to see you, Phil.
1: Thanks, Jen. Great to be
0: here. So go ahead. Tell us a little bit about what Manpower San Diego is, if people don't already know.
1: Well, in the old days, it was known as Manpower Temporary Service. But we do so much more now that we now go by Manpower Staffing. And Mel Katz and I own five franchises. And we have about 3,800 people out working every single day as as we're sitting here mostly engineers and programmers and IT people and really high skill is about half of our business but the other half is divided between um, administrative support and career centers and light industrial which mm-hmm. is a really a growing area right now so that's and then we're doing a lot of perm placement now which is an interesting trend in the business market
0: so why has it moved away from temporary services i mean what's the what's the ratio of temporary workers that you're in all the ranges versus permanent staffing that you're working?
1: Well, it's hard to make that, that comparison because Temporary help they're working out there. Those 3,800 people are my employees. Okay. So it's a huge number. We'll do something like $150 million this year. But perm placement is just the fee that we get when we make a placement. And what we've seen in the economy as we came out of the recession was um, the trend toward needing to do perm placement. During the recession, our clients. And just to could be sure, be very perm picky.
0: placement isn't hair. It is actually permanent placement.
1: Yes, permanent okay. placement, which is a, f- a funny word because we used to use that and then we got away from it because the court said, well, a permanent job is a permanent job. And that sort of evolved. So now we can say perm placement. Okay. But it's being hired directly by our client versus starting as a temporary. So before, there was a lot of temporary placement, right? And our business was very good. And that has continued, but then it evolved into temp to hire. Now I'm ready to hire people permanent, but I want to try before I buy. Well, now the interesting thing in the last three months we've evolved into all the really good people are working. So to fill our clients' needs, we can't ethically ask for someone to quit a permanent job to take a temp to hire job. So what we're doing is... um, it's a nicer way of saying it, but we're stealing people from other companies to join our clients' firms.
0: So you're you're mining talent, perhaps.
1: Yes, and operating new, better opportunities in a new job.
0: And where are you – you were talking a little bit that um, it, light industrial is big. Where are you seeing those sort of – that real temp to hire – I mean, not temp to hire, I'm sorry, this permanent placement where people are asking you to go out and mine talent from other organizations?
1: Um, the most of the business is in the high skill level, people making 90, 150, 250,000 a year. And then we've got to go hunt and find them somewhere in the country or somewhere in the world and attract them to San Diego, which is another topic that we can discuss because of the cost of living here. But basically and typically, they're um, working at other firms and they're ready for a new opportunity, they're ready for a promotion. And so they're interested in quitting one permanent job and accepting another one.
0: But are there certain skills, like is it computer programmers or is it, it? Yeah,
1: it's the high level engineering, anything to do with telecommunications, anything to do with biomedical, you know, the Illumina's um, needs are huge, uh, the Qualcomm needs, Carefusions, it's big companies like that. And then the other end of it is the manufacturing jobs, you know, 12, 13, 15, 16 dollar an hour technicians that we vet them through a really serious interview process. And so companies are paying us to find those sort of people for them, too. So it's both extremes.
0: Interesting. So what else are you seeing in terms of the, the San Diego labor market um, through through the lens? Both you're now the chair of the San Diego Workforce Partnership, is that correct?
1: As of about a, two weeks ago. Okay. This will be my third time.
0: Oh, my gosh. Okay. So both, you know, in your your career and in your, your volunteer work, what are you seeing that, that you think if you were a job seeker or someone who's looking of thinking about changing your job, what would you, your advice or what sort of deep insights do you have for us?
1: Well, first of all, know what you're looking for. I'm, I'm always concerned when people just grab a job suddenly and, and, and it doesn't fit into their career plan. This is a sweet time also for people to get off the couch. If you've heard, no, 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 I'm not hiring, I'm not hiring, you don't have the right skill set, get off the couch. This is the time when companies are saying, I'll, I will hire for attitude and I'll train for skills. During the recession, it was, I want people the exact skills I want. I've got a, hundreds of or thousands of people to pick from. I don't need to train anyone. Now it's I want a great positive attitude. I want a good personality. I want a, a good presence. I'm dressed professionally, and I will teach them the skills. So get off the couch if you're if you've been sort of beat down by nobody's hiring me. This is the time to go to a Workforce Partnership Career Center, go to Manpower, go to a temporary help service. You'll be amazed how well you'll be received.
0: So are there certain skills, um, you're talking about an attitude, right? So right. are there certain skills, again, the soft skills that are going to set you apart? And and, and how do you, how do you um, counsel people on that?
1: I tell you, Jen, I can't overemphasize the soft skills. And it sounds so California. We call them essential skills now. We call them trying to get away from the touchy-feely soft skills. But let's call them the essential skills because you've got to get through the interview first to get to the job. And you've if you don't have the perfect match of skills, you want to excite that business owner or that department manager or that HR person that this is somebody I want in my company. I'll teach them how to do the job. I will invest in them because I want them in the company. Coming in with um, average skills and and a terrible communications, you're not dressing right, you're not asking the right questions, you're not interviewing well, will not get you the job. I am not that desperate to
0: hire people. So you should go back on the couch then.
1: Yes. <laughs> but so prepare yourself because I don't want you to come in with a monotone. I don't want you to come in with a resume that's poorly done with with typos in it. I don't want you to come inappropriate. I don't want you overdressed, and I don't want you underdressed. But these are these essential skills that are important to get the door opened for you because they're all things you can control. We own our attitude going into that interview. If we sit there beat up and go, let's get this over with, you're not going to hire me. Nobody's ever hired me. You're going to be right. And we don't want that to happen.
0: I mean, what are some of the biggest mistakes that you see? Um, what are some of the biggest mistakes that you that you do see in terms of people getting ready for an interview, perhaps?
1: Lack of energy. And I really wrote a book uh, about a year and a half ago called Job One by Phil Blair, 500,000 Hires and Counting, because we hire thousands of people. Like last year, it was 13,000 people in manpower. So we see good resumes, we see bad ones. We see good interview, we see good appearance. We see a positive attitude. We see a negative. You control your attitude. If you go in there with, I am the best applicant for this job, and let me tell you why, because I've done my homework, you're going to get hired in this job market. And and that's great. An example of a terrible mistake that we get fairly often is, by the way, what does manpower do? It's like what? You don't even. You're interviewing for a job at ABC Company, and you don't know what their product is. Am I a PR firm and a manufacturing firm, and am I a IT firm? Whoa! How could I ever hire somebody that that does that? If I'm a laid back PR firm and people are wearing jeans and, and T-shirts and baseball caps backwards, and you show up in a three piece suit with a white shirt and a red power tie, yeah. You don't get it. You didn't do your homework. And vice versa. So those are those soft skills that we are in control of. We may not have the be the best coder in the world, but companies will train me to do a better job if I've got the right attitude and I show that I've done my
0: homework. And do you find that this unique right now that you were saying like this is a time to get off the couch and look for a job? When has it been like this before that you have companies that are like, you know, I'm just so desperate for talent. I'll take someone with, you know, the basic skills and a good attitude and the willingness to learn and work hard. Is this – can you compare it to another time?
1: Ten years ago before the Great Recession, sure. we were in this period. And I want people to get up and get in the job market now. And and students that are listening to this, I want you to know what you're, what you think you want to do career-wise – As you go through picking your courses and your extension classes to take, I don't want you to graduate in one or two semesters with a major in sociology and not know what to do with it. It's really important that you get career advice now and know what your options are. Now, I don't want you to come in as a freshman going, I am going to be an X, because you'll change your mind five times. But I want you to have an idea. I, business interests me. I don't know what part of business. Or education. I want to be a teacher, but I don't know what yet. Or I took a business course and it was fascinating. And I changed my course because I want to be a, an accountant or a finance person or econ. But don't graduate because it breaks my heart when I talk to so many students that are three months or six months out of college and they've got college debt and they've got high expectations and they go, nobody hires me. And I say, well, what do you do? Well, Nothing. I'm a generalist. Well, that's tough.
0: Well, that's an interesting thing. There, it seems like there's always a tension in terms of de- deciding on your career, right? What are your interests and what is the demand? And it's always, you know, like your your parents will say, don't study music. There's no jobs in music. You 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 should study business. But if you study business and you have no actual interest or <laughs> – mm-hmm. Excellence in it, then it, it's sort of silly. How do you tell people to sort of navigate both interests and interest? I mean, interests and you know. My ability. advice Jane,
1: is to everybody. I want everyone that I know or any in the world to wake up in the morning excited to go to work. What am I doing today? What who? What projects I'm working on? Who am I? What's on the team? What are we doing? How? how what's our process? What's our progress on this on this issue? The worst thing I want is people. Oh God, I got to go to work. Because it affects your personal life it affects your health it affects your family I mean it's a huge issue, but we do have to balance passion and I will never say follow your passion wherever it takes you because I am pragmatic I'm a father of two kids right I'm pragmatic about earning a living but there's there's two balls you keep in the air there were the practical reality of I have to earn a living and support myself and maybe a family soon, and I want to love what I do. And so how do we meld these together? And certain years may be more practicality, and certain years may be more passion as we evolve through our career. I also don't want students to feel like, oh, my God, whatever I pick on my first job is what I'm doomed to be, you know, have accountant tattooed across my forehead. A millennial will change jobs on an average slightly over 2 years. So you may go into business and finance for 2 years and go, hey, this is okay but I want to try this music part. So maybe I go into the business side of music because I don't have enough talent to be in that top 1% to be a performer, but I love sports, so I'll be in the business sense of sports or another example, I give us healthcare, huge booming area. Well, I don't know about you, Jen. I could no more be a healthcare nurse, doctor, physician. Nope. <laughs> oh my God. Number one, would I never get into the classes, but number two, every patient would die. <laughs> but that doesn't mean I can't be in a hospital administrator. That doesn't mean I can't be in the marketing end of a hospital chain. That doesn't mean I can't be in pharmaceutical sales. I can surround and be the support for people that are in that field of Healthcare, or music, or even engineering. So, I just want people to wake up in the morning excited to go about work, and I want them to own their career. If anybody looks back twenty years from now and go, "Why am I still an accountant? I didn't like the first class I took." Well, let's all take control of that and say, "Back up the twenty years ago. Okay, I've been here three months. This, oh my gosh, I don't want to do this for twenty years. Not is it." Not with this department? Is it not with this in finance or accounting? Is it not this industry? But find out what the issue is and take control of your career and do something about it. Go back to extension and take more classes in something that interests you. If there's something you th- I always thought that'd be fascinating. Take a course in it. You may go, oh, my God, that's not at all what I thought it was. And that's usually PR and marketing. Everybody thinks that's a sexy, fun thing to do. No. It is. <laughs> As you know, there are days you want to pull your hair out. And if you're very pragmatic and, and one plus one is always two, then go toward finance. Go toward econ. Don't go toward marketing and PR or sales. And know yourself But own your career, and if you're not happy, stop and do something about it. Now, I don't mean quit your job suddenly. I mean take classes, talk to people, put your radar out for new opportunities.
0: Well, that's one thing you're really big into is networking, right? And that, I think, is the thing that makes everyone, like, have dry heaves because it sounds so like, oh, my God. It sounds horrible, right? (laughs) So talk a little about how you would tell someone, especially someone who's maybe making a transition, right? You say, oh, take control of your career go explore. That's really scary because it is even if you hate your job, at least you know your job, right? Or your career. And I think it's that what next or, or and and then asking people for help that's so difficult. So how do you counsel people in terms of looking around and also, you know, really using networking as a way yeah. a, as that exploration?
1: And Jen, you've hit on two things. One, people are typically uncomfortable with change and asking for help. Yeah. You put those two together, in changing jobs,
0: and they're in the closet in the fetal position, right? <laughs>
1: or curled up in the corner <laughs> in the fetal position, because most people aren't by nature very outgoing. Uh, a few like exceptions <laughs> here on this podcast here, but um, just think about somebody you know—a relative, a friend, a neighbor—that seems very happy in life, and ask them what they're doing. They're happy to talk to you. Surround yourself with positive, upbeat people. If you're you're around a bunch of downers, get out of that operation. Go to a luncheon on a program that's of interest and see people that are excited about this topic and just say, you're in this field. What do you like about it? What do you not like about it? How did you get into this? People want to be helpful. And a lot of times it'll be, oh, my gosh, that's not at all like PR and marketing. Exam. That's not at all what I thought I'd wear, like, a tight black dress and stiletto heels and and, and hand out champagne at, at art galleries. Well, let me tell you, I had a meeting this morning with a lady in the PR business, and she rolled her eyes, like, and I said, I'm the first to tell you, that ain't what it's like. But what is it about the field? Why do people like it? Why do people like marketing? What makes them feel good about it? And if that makes you feel good, then Think about taking a marketing class. Take a PR class. Surround yourself with those sort of people and see if you like it. And you may or may not, but at least you're doing something about it, and you'll feel so much better by showing the initiative and taking the initiative that even if you don't like your job, say, hey, I can do this for another three months because I'm getting myself out of here eventually.
0: And that's an interesting thing. So when you talk about the first step, like asking people, is there a way to approach people in terms of networking? If you want to go past the, hey, tell me what you like about your job, what you don't like about a job, and sort of get into a more transactional, how can you help me get that next job if you've decided on a different field? Do you have any tips in terms of that kind of approach?
1: If you know them, even slightly, just walk up and introduce yourself. And I'm I'm, my father's Joe Smith, and I think you know each other. And, okay, so there's the door opener. The other one is to find someone who knows somebody who knows somebody, right? That might be LinkedIn. And this is the same getting networking into a job position is is the same thing. And just call them or send them an email and say, I'm thinking of getting into this field, you're wonderful success in it. Can I come, and don't say five minutes, that irritates me. Nothing is five minutes, right? Say, can I have a half hour of your time to learn about your career path? And the three areas, they're called informational interviews, and it's one, just tell me about your career, Mr. Jones. You're you're obviously happy and successful in it. How did you get into this your career? Number two is tell me about the company. What's it like working at Manpower. Qualcomm? <laughs> or at Manpower, exactly. So one is just a person's career. One is the company. And the other one is, I'm just interested in the industry. Where is... Where is um, telecom going these days? I understand the Apple and the Qualcomm thing, and is it still a growing field? Why do you like this industry? Not talking about a company, not talking about your career. You might be in finance, and I'm just asking about Qualcomm. What's it like working at this company? Because there's an opening in, let's say, marketing, and I'm interested in it. And that starts a conversation going, and then they refer you on to other people, and it starts But just like if somebody contacted you for help and advice, you would probably say yes. Do the same for other people. And if you get a no, so what? Move on, right?
0: Okay, that's pretty good advice. So I think we're almost out of time, but I've decided that we're going to have to do this again because there's so much more to talk about.
1: Oh, it's such a great topic, and I just, I want people to have the, the education and the the motivation to manage their career. That's what I'm passionate about is that we don't, any of us end up in dead ends and unhappy. I want people to walk out of their office with a big smile on their face, not because they're or leaving, leaving
0: <laughs> walk but in because and out. they had
1: such a good day and they're excited about what they did. And now they're excited about their evening.
0: And that, I mean, that really is an interesting thing, taking control of your career. I think a lot of people feel that their career happens to them or that. And if you If you take control, if you feel like you're in control, it changes everything.
1: And I have a TEDx talk about it, and I think it's fascinating. And I hope I can be empowering for people to take action.
0: Well, great. This has been great, and we'll do this again. I promise.
1: Great. Love to. All
0: right. Thanks, Bill.